the last several weeks, there's been a lot of mention of wailing and grinding of teeth in the Gospels. And next week's not going to get any better. And so if we find ourselves kind of commiserating with the third servant who sees the master as a hard and demanding man and the punishment he received as a little incommensurate with his crime, you're probably not alone in thinking that. However, I think as we dive into this parable, we'll see that that doesn't hold up in court. Because remember, this third servant is just a fictional character and a parable told by the Lord. He doesn't exist. It's a story told to the disciples of Jesus, Jesus' followers, so that they don't have to come under the same condemnation as this man. It's like the professor coming into class, the teacher coming into class on the first day of school and saying, this is what you will be graded on. Showing up on time, participating in class, and these 10 questions that will be on the final exam. And then there's that one guy who's always showing up late, falling asleep in class, and shows up on exam day quite unaware that there's even an exam that day. He's going to fail, and it's going to be nobody's fault but his own. And there's nobody in that classroom is going to feel even the slightest amount of sympathy for him. That's what Jesus is doing. He just told us what the grade is based on. He just told us the final exam. He told us everything. So if we show up on judgment day and we come before him like this third servant, there's nobody to blame but ourselves, And there's nobody who's going to feel bad for us because we had all the answers to the test. So let's, let's look a little bit closer so we can, be, so let's just get that, that you know, out of, our, out of our mind and look into like, what's the Lord telling us so that we're, we're prepared on that, that last day? First of all, I would like to interview the first and second servants because I don't think this accusation of the third servant actually holds up. And actually, the more that I hear it and, and read it and pray with it, the more angry I get at this third servant. He says, I knew you to be, a, oh, you knew? You knew him to be a hard, a hard and stern man. The, the master doesn't argue with him. He's not like, I'm not a hard and, I'm not a demanding person. He just says, oh, you knew that, huh? You knew that and you still didn't act accordingly. You knew that I was a hard grader and you still didn't study? How, how is that my fault? But he doesn't, he doesn't play, play that game with him. But look at, the, look, at the, look at the response of the master to the first and second servant. Well done, my good and faithful servant. If he was a hard and demanding man, he might say like this. Hey, what do you got? Well, you gave me five and I returned, here's five more. And he was like, darn straight, there's five more. Shouldn't there be six more? That's a hard and demanding man. But that's not what we get from this master. We actually get compassion. We actually get excitement. We actually get, wow, I'm, he's beaming with pride 
for these two servants who did something extraordinary. They doubled his money. I mean, that's, that's extraordinary. He's so proud of them. I just don't think this third servant actually knows the master very well at all. And I don't think that the first two servants would agree with his assessment on the character of the master. I think they would say, no, he, he entrusted us with so much. I mean, like all of his possessions, five talents. So a talent is a weight of gold or silver, and it probably would have been somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 years wages is what the first servant is receiving. That's an exorbitant amount of, of wealth. And he just entrusts it to him. And the servant knows what he's supposed to do with it because he's a servant. He says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to work. And there's this, beautiful, there's this beautiful element of risk. He gets to work immediately trading. Well, that's a, that's a risk. It's not like he's just magically going to double the money. But he trusted the master enough and he knew the master trusted him enough that even if he were to, you know, lose some of the money, he was confident that if the master came back and he said, master, I went out and traded and I did my best and, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm down a talent. I, I lost some money for you. I think the master still would have been okay with that. Now, you get this, the second servant. The second servant, notice, what's, notice the, beauty, the beauty of the second servant. He's not jealous of the first servant. And notice the, the first servant, he's not jealous of the second servant for getting the same reward that he did. It's like, I, I made twice as much as him, and he's, he gets the joy of the master. There's this, there's, this, there's this beautiful relationship there which they recognize that they too have been given to their own ability, and they've accomplished, actually they've accomplished far more than what was even theirs to accomplish. It's, it's almost like the, the master, he was gone, he was, out of, he was out of the country, but he was still kind of pulling strings from afar. You know, making a couple phone calls here, you know, like making sure that the business goes well. It's almost like he was, he was working behind the scenes. And then the, the, the master, again, I don't think we can over-exaggerate the, the gratitude, the pride that he has in his servants. And then this this reward. I mean, it, it goes back to a couple parables ago where the Lord says he come, he come, the master will come back and if he finds his servants working, he's going to say, hey, you sit down at the table and let me serve you. And that's what's happening. It's this complete reversal. He should have said, yeah, good job. You did exactly what I asked you to do. Nothing more, nothing less. That's great. Let's get back to work. He says, well done. Enter into the joy of your master. You see what happened? They, they just went from being mere servants or slaves to being part of the family. He just invited them to the table. He just, he just wrote them into his will. He just included them in family vacation. They're, they're in. And they get all the joy of the master. That's immense. That's beautiful. And, as the, and, and that's, that's the thing 
not, not the punishment of the third servant, but the reward of the first and second servant, that's the thing that's incommensurate with what they actually accomplished. Pure grace. They don't deserve that. And yet that's what they receive. So with all that, let's jump back to the, the third servant. He's living in this household with these other guys who, who know the master. They trust him. He's trusted by them. He's in this, he's in this atmosphere of, of real, real graciousness and goodness. The master entrusts him with one talent. Doesn't say, we don't know. Maybe he was jealous of the other ones. Maybe whatever. But what does he do? He goes and digs a, digs a hole. He, he walks off. Now, what's, what's he doing? The master is gone for a long, long time. Long enough that these two other guys can double their money. His money. So it's a long time. So he's not twiddling his thumbs. He's doing something. And, and how is he living? Well, he's living off of the master's estate. He's got, he knows he has a house to live in and he's got food to eat. And so he's just, he's just taking advantage of that. Doing nothing to contribute to the estate, to the, the master's good. Not even, having, not even having the common decency to put the money in the bank so at least gets a little bit of interest. Just nothing. But he's not doing nothing, nothing. He's just doing his own thing. Maybe he started up a side business on his own. It's like, well, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe this master doesn't come back. And I, I got to make some, make some money for myself. Get ahead. I'm going to use some of these resources. Make make a little bit of get, get, get make my own business. He's using what the master has given him for his own advantage, for his own ends, and that actually is deplorable. Like, think about that. That's deplorable. And so when the master comes home and, and finds that he didn't even do the bare minimum, he's rightly punished. He's, he's cast out. It's like, you, you're, not, you're not part of, you're, you're not even, I'm not, forget enter, drawing you into the family. You're not even in this, you're not even going to be in this house anymore. And then there's, there's the moment where we have to ask ourselves the question, scripture is holding this up to us, which servant am I? Which one am I? I mean, if we're honest about it, probably not the first servant. I'm certainly not the first servant. The Lord didn't trust me with five talents. Maybe the second servant. Ah, golly. I mean, I think if we're, if we're really honest about it, how often are we about our own business with the master's resources? What are, what are the talents that I've been given that you've been given? Time. Money. Skill. Intelligence. Family. Friends. Every, every good thing that we have, everything is from the master. Are we using it for his gain? Or are we using it for our profit? That's the question. And that's the exam. And the Lord just told us the answer. 
And so right now, even though we want to look and say, oh, why didn't that guy get a second chance? He doesn't exist. We get the second chance. The second chance is right now. Right now, what am I going to do? What are you going to do to change something to say, yeah, no, I've, I've not been about the master's work. If I'm honest about it, I've been pursuing my own ends. I've been trying to get ahead and, um, and build my own business, get that next promotion, get the starting spot on the team, increase, get better grades, get whatever. I'm using the energy, the time, the resources the Lord has given me to pursue my own ends. And the insult of it is that I'm not acknowledging that it's the Lord who's giving me, given me all those resources to begin with. And the sad part about it is that I'm working way too hard for something that won't provide lasting happiness. Because when we're about the master's work, he does the work. It wasn't the ingenuity and, and genius of these two guys that they doubled the master's money in the short time that he was gone. It was, it was the Lord's work. And it's always the Lord's work. And sometimes we make, we make human calculations for our, our decisions and our priorities. And we say, well, I, I, can't, I can't survive if we, if we don't have this much money and I need to get this. And well, I don't have enough time to, to do that thing, even though it'd be a really good thing. And well, we're just overwhelmed with sports and whatever else. And, and we get kind of, if we don't do that, then this and that. And we say, no, 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 no. Because the Lord is the Lord of time. And the Lord is the Lord of all that we need and all the money in the world is his and every strength and grace and blessing that we have is his and when we use it for him he does the work he multiplies the efforts he makes what seems like an impossibility not just a possibility but a really fruitful endeavor with a beautiful outcome and then the reward at the end of time is completely, ridiculously inproportionate to what we've actually done for him. Enter into the joy of your master. Every time we come to this place, to this altar, we have the opportunity to receive everything from the Father. He entrusts us with his greatest gift, more, more than five talents, more than two talents, more than a million talents. We get the bread of life itself, Jesus Christ himself. The saints say that there's enough power, enough grace in one, one worthy holy communion to become saints. I receive holy communion every day. So if I don't become a saint, that's nobody's fault but my own. And nobody's going to feel the least bit bad for me because I had every opportunity to become one. And so too for us, we have that opportunity right now to be about the master's work and to be about the master's business, the father's work in a way that we've never been before.
And maybe right now you're thinking of something like, yeah, that's, that's the thing I need, to, I need to let go. And that's the thing I need to, I need to pursue. And if not, let's ask the Lord to show us those things, to reveal those things so we can get our priorities right. So instead of running around like crazy people, uh, pursuing our own ends with the, th- the power that the Lord has given us, we pursue the right ends for his glory so that when he comes on that last day, having prepared us for the final exam, we can hold up to him what we've accomplished with his grace and hear those beautiful words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master.